you hear his voice every week on WT Fada. But now you can take a little bit of him home with you. That's right. Simply go to L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash A-W-E dot comics and you'll find links to all of Mr. Ryan Alves' magnificent work. Everything from his bubblegum maelstroms to his mustache Batmans uh, and beyond. Uh, go check it out. Go pick yourself up a couple of books. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very 154th episode of uh, WT Fada. That's what the fuck are we talking about? Ryan, on tonight's episode, what the fuck are we talking about? Uh, we are talking about the the second part of our yellow light coverage being uh, Nightcrawler with... Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know who directs it or anything else about it, but that's the movie. I believe his name is Dan Gilroy, uh, as the director of Nightcrawler. Um, <laughs> however, before we talk about that, we're going to do our standard off-topic chatter. Uh, so if you don't want to stick around for that, jump ahead to this time code right here. One hour, four minutes, and 45 seconds. And if you do want to stick around... For the off-topic, well, welcome to the off-topic. Uh, what's been going on in in the world? Anything good? Nothing. I mean, there was a uh, a director of uh, or no, a, a teacher at mm-hmm. some like law school. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was like a, a black lady talking in com- Congress to uh, I can't remember his name. But just, like, calling him out for being a transphobe and just being like, hey, man, your line of questioning is, like, ignorant and you're putting these people in harm's way by not acknowledging that they are out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't think the dude learned anything, but it was just nice to see somebody just tell this person, like, that they're being, like, ignorant and terrible you know, that's about the only bit of good news that I've come across. Uh, you know, we keep getting more terrible news from Uvalde and, uh, you know, I think the whole, uh, idea to edit out the screams or whatever is a humane one, but I think ultimately has us missing the point, you know? Yeah, so and we're it, talking about the the leaked, apparently it's a leaked video of the security camera footage. It wasn't intended to be released. And I guess, like, some of the police down there were like, heads are going to fucking roll for this. Why, you, you know, you released us being incompetent. Fuck off. We're going to kill all of you. You know, and you're like, okay. Well, you know, if, uh, if this whole scenario is any representation of, uh, what they look like in action, I, I think will be okay. <laughs> they seem, they seem like they just kind of hunker down behind a shield and wait for the police to show up. Yeah. Oh wait, that's us. <laughs> yeah. It's um, very disturbing video, and I didn't catch. So when I saw parts of it, the only thing that I saw that was outrageous. Well, no, the whole thing was outrageous, but. <laughs> 
the like the most outrageous thing that I saw was one of them stopping to get hand sanitizer, uh, yep. which is hilarious because it's like uh, the whole this whole incident is kind of summarized by them not wanting to get their hands dirty, and then you're watching <laughs> them like sanitize their fucking hands in the hallway. You're like, okay, um, but you sent me something that was quite shocking, Ryan. What was that that you sent me? Oh yeah, that was a. Uh a camera like a screen grab or whatever of like a cop on his phone checking something but he's in the school on his fucking phone with a punisher skull as his phone background with the uh the blue lives american flag on it yeah and it's just like wow these guys really fucking get it yeah and i mean i don't want to I don't want to take it. The, the, I don't want to take the time to shamelessly self-promote, but uh, the punishment, <laughs> social justice, is back in stock. Second edition printing. So go ahead, uh, head on over to Ryan's uh, uh, link tree, and uh, you'll. That's l i n k t r dot e e slash a w e dot comics um, to get your hands on uh, a comic that came out about a year ago that well, a little bit more than a year ago that was basically us kind of skewering the whole culture around uh people fucking appropriating that fucking punisher logo uh and it just it's amazing that uh here we're seeing exactly the type of shit that we're kind of talking about in the punishment and being sick of in the punishment yeah it's just you know it's a it's like it's sad to see like just how long these dudes drag their feet to like pull their guns out and actually like do something with them with somebody that they know has a weapon as opposed to all the countless black people who like they've only assumed have had a weapon and have like fucking you know shot out of initial reflex and like Somewhere, somewhere right in the middle. Something, there's, there's like something, a happy yeah. medium. <laughs> you know what I mean, like there's somewhere in the middle uh, of these things. Yeah, something. Uh, there's, there's, there's uh, two things happening here. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I'm sure, the Supreme Court keeps doing fucked up shit. Uh, I'm sure Joe Biden keeps being fucking old and decrepit and just being the, like, physical representation of, like, America, uh, like, at large right now. And, yeah, he's, uh, he's like Uncle Sam meets the creep, the, the crypt keeper. Exactly. Like that, that is, that is, like, what capitalism has done to America and, uh... You know, he just needs to be in, like, the skins of all the Native Americans <laughs> that they've slain. And it would be, like... Yeah, you know, they have to be woven into the American flag. You know, the, like, the symbol of the American flag or whatever. And he'll be, like, wearing that. And that's America. He's got a badge on him, too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A badge. Machine gun. But, oh, uh, the, my, uh, well, I guess, you know, since we have acknowledged that, you know, we're in hell, and, uh, <laughs> we continue to be in hell, and all we have yeah. is the things that we do and each other, uh, That's right. the bad book has shipped as of today. Mine? And Mine's coming? No, no. <laughs> the, like, the order. Oh. 
Like it's, oh, okay, okay, okay. It's like printed and it is en route and will be here, I think, by the 16th. That's very exciting. Very happy to hear that. Yes, yes. So then, you know, shortly thereafter, you'll have your copy and all your copies of The Punishment and all the misprints. And uh, we can start doing some like weird deals or something for our fuck ups, you know? And yeah. uh, start yeah, getting ready cool. for show season. Or I can yeah. start getting ready for show season. I am I'm approaching ready for show season because the art for my my the first issue of my book is done. Nice. It's locked. So nice. Like I letters spent, and everything. I've spent today lettering. Hell so yeah. The actual illustrations are all done. Hell yeah. So today has been a lettering day. Um, trying something a little bit different than I have with lettering in the past, and hopefully. It will expedite the process a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Oh yeah, Hell get yeah. it printed Congrats. and then get ready. Thank you. I gotta get it printed and get ready for September. That's my the launch date. Alves yeah. and I will be in Baltimore. If we have anybody uh, down in Maryland listening to the show, come by the table and you can meet us in person. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll probably be able to meet one of us. I think I think we have like one chair and half the table, so oh. we'll just like be doing it in shifts. But oh, I thought I thought you were saying that you weren't inviting me. <laughs> no, no, no. You're definitely God damn it coming because like that's the that's the other like uh, kind of hitch when you're uh, tabling at these things. Like you want. To kind of like walk around and like see everything, but you also don't want to like leave the table and yeah, uh, right, yeah, you know, having like a tag team mm-hmm. just makes everything pretty much a hundred percent easier, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a fucking dope show. Uh, I got a couple buddies that are going to it. Uh, my buddy Eddie over at Strangers Fanzine will be there, and. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure really who else is going, but, you know, it's still three months out, so, or two months, one month. Oh, my God. It's one month away. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's a month out, but it should be, They're probably should like be two if you count, like, the couple of weeks in September and the couple of weeks left in July. Yeah. Well, is it, yeah. is it in September? Oh, that's right. We're not in August yet. Yeah. <sighs> September, September, uh, something teenth. Yeah, seventeenth yeah, and eighteenth. Um, I literally my my secretary is the one that kind of keeps my head on straight because I I don't pay attention to any of those dates. So thank God for her. Shout out to Maggie. Um, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. Did I tell you that like I I was mathing out like the the trips and like it's every two weeks from mid-August until November. I wish I could do that whole circuit with you, but I can't. <sighs> it's Locked a nightmare, dude. Job. <laughs> I'd love to help you. <laughs> I'd love to be there. No, no, it's it's fine. It's just like, I didn't... Like, I didn't think there would be too much overlap or whatever, and I was like, right. oh yeah, you know, I'll have downtime in between 
each show or whatever and it's like each one is like two weeks in and then like like for august it's uh the minneapolis show um autoptic and then i do the residency in columbus and Mm -hmm. then mid-september is spx Mm mm-hmm and the end of September, the beginning of October is like a Pittsburgh zine fair, I think. Right. I'm going to try to go to that. And there's another one that's like the week after that. It's just, it's like way too much. And I like had not really planned for all these when I was applying. I was just like, oh yeah. Yeah, no. Oh yeah. Yeah. Planning. I'll be too. Fuck planning. Yeah, right. Yeah. Get yourself a Maggie. That's what you need. For real. I do need a fucking assistant, you know. Yeah. yeah. Manager. Yeah. Um It's it helps. Legitimately it does. Yeah, I'm trying to get my little brother to do it. He's like super book savvy and tidy. Uh-huh. That's cool. But yeah. yeah. He's got his own thing. Um I uh, I just want to say, Better Call Saul came back uh, this week, and with uh, with a bang. Uh, just wanted to say uh, it's amazing, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm not gonna like spoil anything, but uh, yeah, it's fucking. It's as good or better than Breaking Bad, so fucking Heck yeah. unbelievable um now you know we normally get into superhero stuff in these off topics i have not gone and seen thor <laughs> love and thunder oh yeah but i've been astonished at the kind of reaction that it's getting online and i understand that you went to check it out yes uh what did you think of thor love and thunder uh it was like uh if they took all the like bad stuff from the first two movies and smashed it onto like ragnarok which in hindsight it feels just like the studio being like hey taika remember natalie portman we got we're trying to like do some stuff with like her and stuff and Ladies, give her an arc or something, um, and you know they do a bunch of like comic accurate stuff, yeah. and the movie itself is you know a perfectly serviceable film, but mm-hmm. it just it feels like the I don't know the like vapid version of like. Ragnarok without any any like charm you know yeah I don't know yeah I mean I think like some of the I don't know some of the decisions like from afar at least have been puzzling I I remember like this entire time we've all been looking at Gore the God Butcher and being like ah ah." yeah Christian Bale was like weirdly like underutilized but he was also like 
like acting too hard or something. The whole thing just like felt well, super he's weird. Probably treating it like it's like a movie, you know, instead of a theme park ride or something. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I, I Thor is one of those characters that he's odd. Like he he seems to not really do well on film. Like he does good in ensembles. Yeah. And then when he has his own films, it's uh, there's something off about them almost every time. I think Ragnarok was probably one of the first ones that was like, okay, but like how Thor-ish is Ragnarok as a movie? It's, it's a sci-fi movie. stuff, but yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And it's like a space buddy cop movie. Yeah, it felt more like Guardians than a Thor movie. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of a... I don't know why it's so tough... If to to get him uh What's, on he's film. just like not that interesting you know like without people to like bounce off of you know he's just uh i don't know i just like like i've i've never really cared about thor outside of uh beta ray bill <clears throat> <laughs> and uh every thor movie that comes out i feel like fucking Uma Thurman when she like first first wakes up and kill Bill and is like smashing the orderly's head. Like, Where's Bill? <laughs> Where's Bill? And you know we got a peek oh. in Ragnarok, but like, yeah, what I, was it? A statue or something? It, it or? was a head. His head was on the Tower of Champions. Yeah, and like, <laughs> you know, they've got to know. Nobody cares about anything else except Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. Sure, Chris Hemsworth is, like, beautiful or whatever, and he's, like, jacked and, you know, <laughs> Aryan or whatever you like, but, like, That's... <laughs> you know, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. give us this horse-faced, like, dude with a spaceship gun. Yeah. Chris like, Stormbreaker's like... his fucking hammer, dude. Chris Hemsworth is like Hitler's wet dream. Like <laughs> yeah. A <laughs> yeah, is he over six foot? Yeah, he's like six foot five or some shit. Okay, yeah. That's silly. Exactly. He's a giant. But, um, yeah, no, it's just... I don't know. It's dull. And, uh... You know, it, it feels like... They knew that they did a quote-unquote good job last time so that they can kind of phone this one in. And, uh... Yeah. It just... Between, like, Christian Bale not... Like, just being Christian Bale for, like, Thor the God... Or Gore the God Butcher or whatever. And, uh... All the, like, kind of lazy comic rips. It just, like... You know, reeked of, like... Oh, yeah, look... Look at all this stuff that you like. That, don't you like it? Look, it's Christian Bale. That's cool. Look, and all this stuff from this these Thor comics. That's cool too, right? Here you go. And it's like, well, we've seen all this stuff before. And like, whatever liberties you did take are fucking like lazy and terrible. So like, yeah, thanks a bunch, I guess. Yeah. Doesn't really congeal into something worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel almost like the the. And I mean, there's some people out there that would defend it, but there's something about Phase Four 
of Marvel, and I understand that they're like at the beginning of like this next thing, yeah. but there's something about it that's like it feels very directionless to me. Well, it feels that there's no real sense of any story building. They feel very disconnected. All of these movies, even like the idea of <coughs> like Spider-Man: No Way Home, deals with the actual multiverse, and then Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It doesn't even. There's no story from Spider-Man to Doctor Strange that bleeds over. They're both dealing with the multiverse, which is the first time that we've actually dealt with the multiverse in these movies. It's weird that back-to-back stories are dealing with the multiverse and they don't connect in any way. Yeah. Odd. Yeah, and they're just like, I don't know, I, th- I feel like they're spread super thin. They're not thin, but they're just like scattershot kind of storytelling between all the like Disney Plus stuff and then trying to like wrangle in movies and trying yeah. to create a cohesive like continuity amongst all that stuff cuz it's like man make like the Disney Plus you know like extras or whatever like yeah. don't make that stuff that you have to see to know what's going on in the movies otherwise you're going to lose a bunch of fucking people just because they're not about to spend you know 8 15 20 bucks a month or whatever on fucking Disney Plus just to catch up on your bullshit it's like, I need them subscription dollars. Yeah, exactly. It's like we we fucking see you, like mm-hmm. we all fucking we like the stuff or whatever. It's like eating candy, but like fuck you guys. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I'm I'm. You you don't ever, ever bet against Marvel, uh, at this point. But it's just I would like to see. I would like to be clued in as to what they're doing, what the plan actually is, um, and, you know, who the big bad is going to be, so at least we can start to get some type of sense of what's coming, but it just feels like, like they don't even know. It feels like they're being like, well, we gotta have movies so that we can keep people interested, And I also think that they might have overestimated the pull that some of the characters that they've left behind um, have. So I I don't think that, like, Thor was never as popular as Iron Man or Cap, you know, and we've done away with those two. Universal still actually holds the rights to Hulk solo films, (laughs) so you can't do anything with Hulk in his own movie without cutting Universal in, and for whatever reason they don't want to do it. Um, Tom Holland's contract is up as Spider-Man he will probably ink another one but as of right now that's up in the air so it's like what do you have left it's like Doctor Strange who is popular um, Thor uh, Anthony Mackie is the new Captain America they just announced uh, a director for that film is uh, Julius uh Una, I think is the name. Um, so that'll be, yeah, Julius Julius Ona, who is, whose biggest film to date was the Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, hmm. And if that scares anybody, don't be too worried. He also did a movie called Loose, and Loose was very good. So. 
Cloverfield Paradox was iffy, but Loose yeah. was great. So. Yeah, I mean, they're like they keep getting like really big, and um, you know the one through line for all the recent stuff, or at least like Loki, uh, the new Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess a little bit of Doctor Strange, but like they're they're starting to deal with like gods and like cosmic entities, like Eternity shows up in Thor and that was like cool yeah um but see they already pissed me off because they cast Peter Dinklage as that um like the blacksmith that makes Stormbreaker yeah. and uh, you're never gonna convince me that Peter Dinklage should Peter Dinklage shouldn't have played fucking Galactus <sighs> like he would have been the perfect fucking Galactus. He like, already dude, has the face, dude. The face wow, is exact. Fuck. It's fucking nuts. And I just, like, every time I think about it, I'm like, how fucking cool would that have been? You know? Yeah. <clears throat> they but wasted I mean... him on a blacksmith. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... I don't know. They, uh... I thought they were about to do, like, a Galactus peak... And I guess there's been, you know, nods to, like, X-Men and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the next phase is, like, mutants and cosmic stuff. They and really have to... hell. Yeah. I mean, they gotta get Doctor Doom in there. Uh, <sighs> like, stat. Like, that, 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 that's a good Thanos-type, you know epic villain yeah. you know that you could do some great shit with I mean they're, they're they're never gonna figure out Fantastic Four so they're probably gonna avoid that should have had him in like the Black Panther movie but yeah, no. I want them to figure the Fantastic Four out I really do it's, it's gotta be a way oh yeah but I just yeah. uh it just seems like every time they have the Fantastic Four up to bat, it's like, <laughs> it's like embarrassing. It's like, what the hell is going on here? The Tim Story one, the, the Tim Story two are just, that's a case where you look at the filmography. You go like, oh, we're going to get the guy that did Barbershop to do the Fantastic Four. And you're like, that seems, it seems a weird shift. Just a big, big shift from that to this. And then even Josh Trank, he did the a superhero movie Chronicle, but it was like dark and gritty, and everything. And you're like, ah, no, I don't know. That that doesn't feel right either. You don't want to say J.J. Abrams, but at the same time, it's like he probably is closer. You need a Steven Spielberg type, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say something like Indiana Jones or something. Yeah, you need somebody that can do like a light-hearted, fun, action-packed. You know, like sprawling, yeah, storytelling. Yeah, and it's just it, it just seems like it's um, they just can't quite get the tone. If you took, actually, you know, if you took any of the guys that have done the new Star Trek movies, you know, yeah. and you 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 put them to the task, I bet you could get something halfway decent. Yeah. <clears throat> if you can get like, was it 
Is Edgar Wright and leave him alone? You know? Yeah, he was going to do Ant-Man at one point. Yeah. And they fucking scared him away from that because they wouldn't let him make uh, uh, Scott Lang a, a huge piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, if, like, it's Paul Rudd, but he's just... Oh, wait, no, Scott Lang is not Paul Rudd, right? No, that's him. It yeah. is? Oh, yep. okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, fucking... Like... Oh, yeah, that's a that's a missed opportunity for sure. Um, yeah, and I think like Paul Rudd can, like, could have played that with a smile, and you yeah. would have been able to forgive him at the end. You know, <laughs> you would have been able to see him like actually go through like a full because I mean it's all there. He's like a he's in prison, he's a thief, you know, he's this stuff. You know, but they like they kind of shy away from. They nice guy him out super hard. He doesn't yeah. seem like a bad guy, like, at all. Yeah. You know? Or Edgar Wright is sort of like, if you watch Shaun of the Dead, Shaun is a, you know, he's an asshole. 100% he's an asshole. The fucking things that he does to the people around him, um, his, like, lack of any care for other people, you know, he's a dick. And then you watch him turn into a hero. And it's like, I think that's what Edgar Wright is more interested in is sort of seeing actual redemption arcs. Um, yeah. And that's kind of my... I mean, that that's sort of what we talked about when we talked about the Batman, is like that that feeling of, like, you really wanted a real redemption arc, and instead they kind of act like it's a redemption story, but it's like he's not that bad in the beginning. He didn't do anything bad in the beginning. Yeah, like, tells you more than what actually happens and like expects you to just believe that it was there or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want I want real redemption stories. That's why I mean, I I think that the redemption stories are super powerful and like that's why you know, the first Red Dead Redemption game doesn't have any real it's like just a title. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't to me feel like it's about redemption at all. But Red Dead Redemption 2, it's like you watch this dude who is kind of a bad guy um, sort of see the light and kind of push towards becoming a better person. Um, and, you know, in the last kind of like, you know, the last phase of what will be his life is essentially taking all of his time and putting it towards making the right decisions, you know, and helping people. Yeah. And it's really um it's really impactful to watch that happen, you know, to watch somebody grow and learn and maybe learn a little bit too late, you know, how to be a good person. Um but I love those stories. They're great, you know. Yeah, perhaps relatable. Uh, yeah, and you know, I don't know. It's just realer than uh, this, like kind of toothless uh, substitute that we've gotten of just like everyone's kind of charming and witty and funny and kind of you know passably good looking, and it's just like man, there's no weird fucking anything anymore anywhere. Like yeah. in hindsight, you know. Fucking like the Sam Raimi, like the the late '90s era of like Marvel, 
is mm. kind of what I hope that they eventually land on again because like <clears throat> between the era of cartoons that like preceded it that were just like direct copies of like the comics or like of successful comics from like the early 90s to uh yeah just like Spider-Man, X-Men and Blade just being like these really you know weird like weird comic book movies that like had to sell you on their worth because they were like based on comics or whatever so they had to like do something else you know besides just be like oh we're from a comic like this is fun or whatever it's just like no we know this is based on a comic and all but I promise this will be good you know like you have to take it seriously because you know we know it's kid stuff in the books but when it's a movie it's like serious you know yeah right yeah it's a the the medium uh you know look the comics are goofy shit for kids we're talking about movies (laughs) you know these are movies like like you know uh half-baked you know movies like dumb and dumber you know like this is a totally elevated art form way above comics you know i I miss the level of shame of shame though that existed with like making comic book movies or like a little bit maybe it wasn't shame but it was just like it doesn't feel like we're being sold these movies anymore it's just like any other movie you know it's like uh, the bills come due you know what i mean like hey we made another one pay up you know yeah, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. oh yeah fuck okay like all right Here's i guess 20 more dollars <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly Instead of, like, you know, expecting something good, it's just like, oh, we're just going to get, like, another thing every four months for the next 20 years as the fucking world crumbles down around us. And, you know, Hmm. each one's going to cost a billion dollars, and they're all going to make that much money and just fucking funnel it into, you know, whatever terrible fucking shit that they funnel their money into, and, uh... Yeah, and we'll look on, look back on those Ra- Sam Raimi movies fondly. Yeah, and the Sam Raimi movie, the Sam Raimi movies, and I think the Mark Webb movies, also like you can see the Disney effect happening uh, all over what Marvel has become because when you see Tom Holland as as Peter Parker, he just is like a like purely. Uh, a fine kid you know and i never like if you go back and you read amazing fantasy number 15 you know peter parker he's a little bit bitter he's a little bit spiteful he's a little bit kind of not great because he's been treated like an ass his entire life everybody's made fun of him his whole life it's a perfectly reasonable thing to feel um and they don't really want to, like, engage with, like, any of the bad qualities of these characters, which is why, like, I really don't... I'm not that excited to see Wolverine in the hands of Marvel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I... Uh, I like mean... Like, in the uh, hands of Disney, you know? T- yeah, is it Taron Egerton? Is he the, the <coughs> Kingsman kid? Yeah, that's what they... That's the rumor that keeps circulating around. Like, he's pretty much, like, all you need to know about, like, where they're at. Yeah. It's like, we're going to get Tom Holland, but 
jacked. Dress him up like, yeah, just more jacked. Uh, I don't know. It's... I mean, it's it's mainstream. It's all just mainstream comics now, you know? Yeah. I mean, the Sam Raimi movie had the... It didn't do it as much. Like, the the Mark Webb-Andrew Garfield one really kind of played him as that loner that sort of is not... He's, like, very sarcastic and, you know, he's a little bit, like, bitey, you know, as a person and, and is kind of... He has to learn to be a better guy. Like... For me, <clears throat> I love that tone. Like, when he's Spider-Man, and he, like, is webbing that car thief to the wall, and there's a moment where, like, he, like, is kind of, like, living in that power, and he winds up, like, shooting a web onto the guy's mouth and nose, and the dude's, like, panicking, and, like, you see Peter kind of, like, watching him for a second, and then, you know, obviously, you know, takes the thing off of his mouth, you know? But, like... I always got the sense, like, you have to have a little bit of darkness in Peter Parker for, like, the symbiote saga to make any sense, you know? And, I like, I think that, like, it has to be a part of that character. Sam Raimi had the, like, good stuff in the first movie where, like, when he gets those powers, you know, and then it's, like, he's just like the comics first thing out the gate is like how do i selfishly use these powers to better my situation you know he winds up mouthing off to uncle ben he winds up i think chasing after that carjacker thinking i'm gonna kill this guy you know like it's it's and like that smug moment in the uh in the office when the guy doesn't pay him and then the dude immediately gets robbed (laughs) and then peter like throws back that line in the dude's face like i missed the part where that's my problem you know and it's like yeah like peter can be like that and it's okay that peter's like that like he's a person you know i just feel like you would never fucking see tom holland do anything like that at all you know there's no fucking way you know i'm not saying that it's a good thing that a person should be like that i'm just saying that like if you're going for translations of comic books, like everybody's like, "Oh, Tom Holland is the definitive Spider-Man," and I'm like, "Read a book." <laughs> like well, it's I not like he's fine. Yeah, I mean he's <laughs> you know? good, you know. And I think it's like, you know, he's the youngest Spider-Man we've seen, and like, which is a plus. 100%. Yeah, and like putting him in college, in high school or whatever, and you know. It's like all the pieces are there. Yeah. But it just like isn't executed correctly to or like to like its fullest effect so that it, you know, ends up kind of like missing the mark cuz it's like I don't know. It's like not acknowledging that there are still nerds or whatever in a post-woke culture. Yeah. You know? And like yeah. Flash being being like a a bully but not really a bully is just like hey man like kids kids still get picked on it's like different it's like not always like nice or whatever like you know they can dramatize dramatize this some a little bit but uh yeah i don't know it's it's a uh yeah it's i mean it's just toothless all this stuff has like very Minimal stakes, very, like, safe drama, very, you know, uh, I don't know, it's just, like, catering to, 
eight-year-olds and the parents that, you know, are seeing these movies, and it's, like, right in the middle of those two demographics, and it's just, like, the worst. Yeah, like, I never got the sense in the Tom Holland ones that, like, he's disliked, you know? Yeah. It's like, he, like, Flash calls him Penis Parker, and that's, like, the extent of him being bullied, and I'm like, Peter Parker's wife was fucking dog shit. It was dog shit, and it made him feel bad, and it sometimes made him be not the best that he could be, but at the end of the day, that kid got superpowers and decided to be a hero, and yeah. that's fucking commendable. Aunt because... May was just, like, super hot, and, you know, was she ever, like, I don't know, she, uh, at least in the Raimi stuff, had, super like, hot. a level <laughs> of desperation about her, you know, she yeah. was just, like, you know, Dude. Uncle Ben was the breadwinner, I'm, like, <laughs> kind of freaking out, but I'm also, you know, I'm bringing you up right, so I have to, you know, get it together or whatever, and it's, like... Shit. You know, this is an older lady facing some like very real, like shit. And uh, I used to cry at Spider-Man movies. Hell yeah, yeah. I don't cry at Spider-Man movies anymore. <sighs> I feel nothing. Yeah. Like what you're talking about, man. Like <clears throat> I rewatched those old Raimi movies the other day, nice. and like yeah, me too. What you're talking about is like that moment in the second movie. When Peter sees there's like a notice of like foreclosure or something on the house, and then she wakes up and she is confused at Peter touching her hand and says Ben, you know, and then realizes like oh no like that's that's not reality, like I was dreaming, <clears throat> and then she takes out twenty dollars to give him for his birthday and he like tries to say no please don't and she has this like outburst where she's like is like it's twenty dollars it's not much you know just take it you know and like please you know whatever you do don't don't you dare leave it here and like watching that scene man like fuck like did we just like excise drama from the the spider-man universe like holy fuck was it so sad and rosemary harris fucking killed it and Tobey Maguire's reaction Ugh. to that was fucking incredible. Like, he just stands there with, like, stunned tears in his eyes. And it's like, man, that's what Spider-Man is to me. Like, yeah. Spider-Man is the person that his world sucks and he still does the right thing. And that's why that character matters. If you yeah. take that away from him, you lose everything, you know? And it's it's um, it's hard to watch them make Peter Parker have a Iron Man costume. It's really hard, you know, and I don't think enough people are upset about it, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is the this is this last movie finally got him back to a point that I feel like you can explore those things, you know. Yeah, it's you can like, finally actually like tell a classic Spider-Man story instead of a you know, a new one. Yeah. I mean, it's just I I um I hope that they don't bitch out, you know, because that's what, that's the fear, you know. <sighs> I, I, he struggles to make his rent. Of he struggles to keep gonna. his job. They are, and it's, it's just horrific to watch. Terrible like the, to watch. The next, the next Spider-Man movie should be just like him, working like three terrible jobs, 
Uh, and just like re-getting all of his degrees, all of his stuff, and, uh, you know, just like stopping, like, crime in the city. Just like a Spider-Man story. Yeah. You know, um, and, uh, you know, we can have, we can introduce some, some big bad, I don't know, somebody you in should New York. Do, <clears throat> you should do a big bad that is, like... Like as intense of a villain that he's ever fought. Only now it's just him and like homemade web shooters and a crappy spandex suit, and him being like, "How am I going to do this yeah. without all that stuff?" You know, like yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> Sandman or fucking Chameleon or something. Yeah, some type of big fucking huge threat yeah. for him to have to take on. But yeah, but I, it, they don't understand. It, it seems like they don't understand the the drama in like riddling these characters' lives with, uh, you know, bad stuff. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's amazing too because like the first Spider-Man movie, I think, is the one that <clears throat> kind of actually says exactly what people are actually after in the dialogue of the movie. <laughs> the Green Goblin says, you know what people really love to see is a hero fail, fall, die trying. And it's like, if you ask me what type of character I like, it's the Daredevils and Batmans and, you know, Spider-Man that get the shit kicked out of them and still manage to eke out a win, you know? Like, those characters that just, like, they can't be stopped and face intense odds and suffer for those odds, you know, like, that's what I like to see. The the first Spider-Man movie, you know, he saves the kids, he saves MJ, and then the Green Goblin fucking bows him around the the waist, you know, flies him across the river, knocks him into an abandoned building, blows him up with a bomb, and then just kicks the shit out of him for ten fucking minutes straight. If if you're asking me what my favorite finale to a Spider-Man movie is, it's that one. It's fucking great. It's yeah, awesome. It's, it's perfect. I mean, you know, you get the human moment with, like, Doc Ock in the second one, but, yeah, that first one is just, like, I don't know. It's it's how you should have a villain sort of uh, arced in a movie, you know? Like, have it look like they're going to win until the last moment, you know? Yeah. Like, drama. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't get that win... Uh until the goblin brings up MJ again. Like, that gives him, like, the strength to be like, alright, well, this isn't just about me dying here. This is about her dying later, you know? It's like, I gotta stop this guy, you know, because somebody that I care about could get hurt. Yeah. And it's like, that's that's great, you yeah. know? I mean, you watch it, you go, he's fully... It feels like he's given up right before that moment. <laughs> he's just on the ground. He tries to, like, shoot a web, and the goblin steps on his hand. And I mean, then he just is sort of, like, sitting there. Like, they, like, the they, they fucking beat him up. Uh, it's so good. I mean, both of those movies do a great job of just, like, making the backdrop of Spider-Man's life just chaos. Like, yeah. He's failing everything. He's smart and totally capable and whatever else, but, like, it's just going wrong constantly. And, like, the only 
you know, breaths of fresh air he gets are like when he's in the Spider-Man suit, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, and totally missing from today's Spider-Man. Yeah, it's 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 really upsetting. I, I really want, like, I, I don't I don't need everything to be fucking sugar coated, and I don't think sugar coating everything guarantees, like. I I, th- I don't I, the the feeling that I get is that Disney thinks sugarcoat everything so it's feel good so people come back to watch it and I'm like well like look at Joker on the DC side Joker didn't get a billion dollars because it was the feel good movie of 2019 that's not what happened there it was a compelling fucking story you know people don't care about feeling good when they watch a movie I don't think. Because look at the amount of fucking... Look at the amount of movies that exist that are like, wow, that was really tragic and everything, but I still love Saving Private Ryan or whatever. It's like, you, you're you like, okay, I, I, I like Saving Private Ryan and I would watch it again. You didn't feel good at all, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just like watching people get massacred in a war, you know? And, like, you growing to, like, love people that are in the movie and then watching them get like stabbed in the heart or whatever the fuck while yeah. the fucking dude from Lost stands on the stairs <laughs> with a bunch of fucking bullets around him and cries. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, I, I there's ways to do these movies where it's like yeah no it doesn't have to be happy happy gumdrops or anything you know? I mean, Nobody's I th- asking for that. I think it's just the, uh, the, the propaganda at this point that's like made it into you know, this thing that can't take any chances, can't, like, make fun of, like, anybody, uh, like, too hard, or, like, you know, step on too many of the wrong toes or something, um, like, I don't know. Like, I'd like to see the guy that did the sadness do a Carnage movie. <laughs> like, fuck yeah! Like you, you yeah. want you want to give give me some like vote of confidence um, in, in that like you're changing or like trying to push fucking anything except for like hey, join the army, join the police. It's like you're an Avenger. It's just like. You know, just give me something else. Like, I don't care if it's tan people telling me to join the police or the Avengers. Like, it's all the same. You know, like, give me a decent story. I mean, I I remember the first real brush with Carnage that I had was actually a novel. And uh, it was like... (laughs) That's that's a hilariously uh, fancy, I guess, application for such a brutal character. Yeah, the, he, he Carnage like at the end of that story, he like went berserk in like a ballroom or something. He's killing all these fucking people when Spider-Man was uh you know, responding to that situation, but he went in on the floor below and he was trying to like he you know, he's trying to figure out where all of this stuff was happening and then he got his answer when he felt like a drop on him and he was like, "What the hell was that?" And he turned and he looked up at the ceiling and, like, through the ceiling, there was blood, like, dripping from the floor above. And it was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, like, Carnage is a super visceral fucking character. And 
And it's like, oh. man, that visual. I mean, maybe we can edit this out or something, but like. Here's a bunch of ideas that you can't listen to because we might use them in a story someday. Oh, yeah. But rest assured that it'll be really cool once we get it in print and you read the book. Oh, yeah. This is a very long time to come up with lyrics to a song and I'm running out of steam. Oh, yeah. Uh oh. It's just That's like. Awesome. Yeah. No, it's fucking. That's a. And I have to come up with more stinking lyrics, and I don't know if I can. You know. Yeah, Spider-Man Carnage in New York. Uh, the, the, a novelization. I think it might, it might have even been a novelization of a comic book arc or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it was a novel. Cool. <clears throat> and, uh, it was good shit. They had a couple of... Um, it's funny, like, thinking about it. There was, like, a couple of, like, almost, like, dime novels that existed in my youth that were, like... There was an X-Men one. There was, like, one that was about Wolverine and stuff. I read several of those. <laughs> I had a Spider-Man a... Venom one that was, like, yeah. drawn by Dale Keown or something. But yeah. I never I never read it because I was yeah. like, We're, there's not, not enough pictures in this. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of words. Yeah. I think they, like, they had, like, a like a good image on the front. But I don't think that they had anything inside. It was just yeah. straight writing. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it sucks as a Marvel fan that mostly likes their darker stuff. Yeah. Like, I just don't feel anything... <clears throat> anything good's about to happen with, like, Wolverine. I don't feel like anything <laughs> good's about to happen with Daredevil. Um, yeah. I mean, you know. at least the suit will look better. Hopefully. Yeah, they gotta do something about that. They, they use the totally wrong red on that Netflix show. It was like this weird purple red. It's, well, it's like just, shift that to orange red. Like, they like hot. armored up Ben Affleck's suit. And yeah, like but even like looking at Ben Affleck's suit else, is but, better than this. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean the headpiece is, is better. Um, I don't know. Ben Affleck's had like a like a street level kind of vibe. Like I didn't hate the the weather approach to it too much yeah yeah that was a little i mean that whole thing the, the design of that whole movie i thought was like a little silly but yeah i thought it was as silly as you know the x-men design of them being in all other instead of their like brightly clad spandex it's like isn't this more expensive you know like doesn't, yeah doesn't this they like make fun of it in the be? movie too <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> what would you prefer yellow spandex it's like oh maybe <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if you're asking, I mean, yes. The answer is absolutely yes. There's a way to do this stuff and make it look all right. You know? Yeah. You yeah. just have to think uh-huh. about it, you know? Yeah. Dude, that there's a thing in... Uh, what the fuck movie was it? Was it The Wolverine? I think it was The Wolverine. That at like, the end of it... Yes. Or like, in they an end show, credit like, scene. His, uh, yeah. Yellow and blue... Or, yeah, yellow and blue suit. It's like, fuck. Look at that. Yeah. Pretty neat. Yeah. I wonder, though, like... Here's I have this issue with X Men, and maybe maybe we can talk this out. But here's my issue: it's like they're on a team, and like it's weird that they all have like such drastically different looking costumes, <laughs> right? Like that's strange to me. And I've heard people be like, "Yeah, but it's like to to note their individuality and stuff." And like, is it 
maybe they had a hand in designing it so it's like they don't and then you're like okay that's fine but like you really think wolverine was like yeah i want to have tiger stripes on my side like like I that's a weird made mine and he like, take, <laughs> takes out a briefcase you know clack clack <laughs> i mean like does the costuming of the x-men does it ever bother you no actually like it really? it's it's like that's the shit that reminds me like comic books are like comic books you know it's like these dudes can look fucking ridiculous and like because there's somebody drawing it like that's allowed you know and i forget that like you know you can you can do that you know and it's like freeing and uh you know like i like new x-men by you know quietly and morrison and like them designing like suits or like matching suits that like harken back to other costumes and stuff and uh who was that other guy that also did the ultimates i think what's why can't i think of his name brian hitch didn't brian hitch do cool x-men stuff um i mean john cassidy did some pretty popular x-men stuff cassidy that's that's the one i'm thinking he he did astonishing x-men that was pretty good with uh joss whedon fucking r.i.p or no, R.I. R.I. Piss, <laughs> rather. Uh, I mean, I prefer to imagine him being <laughs> In our I got excited. <laughs> like, wait a minute, did I miss something? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just seeing how uh, how potent our magic is, I guess, on our, our podcast magic is. <laughs> uh, I'm no. sure we were like, Joss Whedon fucking threw himself off a bridge. <laughs> And he, said he spontaneously combust on the way down. He said he was listening to a podcast, and then he was like, I gotta go. And he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Just burst so into flames. Unconfirmed what fucking and then podcast was, uh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he burst into flames halfway down, and then was met right before he hit the water by a shark that actually bit him in half. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... But anyway, yes, uh, you know they they streamlined it nicely and uh, the X Men costume stuff. But you know it's it's another kind of like aspect that rings similar to that like late '90s era of Marvel stuff, where it's like almost not allowing itself to be the fullest goofy thing that it is you know Mm. and uh, I don't know part of me just like really likes that you know you can draw somebody that's just like a pile of squiggles and they're wearing like polka dot boxers and like that's their costume and they're standing next to like somebody else who's got like some crazy like overall V thong yeah. Suit and like that's their costume. It's got big shoulder pads and you know. It's just, do you, you know, hella do weird. You, and I, I, I dig it. You don't mind it being like entirely unexplained. No, I mean, I was actually um, kind of having a, a brain a brain burst while you were uh, talking about everyone making their own costumes. It's just like. What if there's, like, a shop where it's just, like, you know, you have 
the uh, <laughs> you have the uniforms that Xavier could you know mm-hmm. give to you standard or whatever and maybe they're the like x-men and x2 suits that are all like black leather and uh you're right yeah yeah but like they also are given the option to take uh a shop class or something like that with uh i don't know you have to rogue. be somebody super surprising super surprising you'd have to like find out that <laughs> like colossus is a seamstress you yeah. know what i mean yeah. Something like that. A rogue, you know, just because, like, she, I imagine, has a lot, lots of hobbies. Um, yeah, I could see that. But, um, yeah, and then you get, like, people coming in and making suits, and, like, maybe Wolverine doesn't make his own suit, but, like, he wears that ridiculous suit because somebody, you know, maybe, like, uh, Jubilee or something made it for him, and, like, it was right after some life threatening adventure. That like they had that's just made actually, it back from, and he's just like, that's oh, the, I fucking that's hate a great this justification. Thing. Yeah, that's a know? great justification for his costume. It's like, oh no, look what I made you, and him being like, <laughs> I'm not wearing it, you know, and sort of like begrudgingly, you know. Yeah, like the, the next two-page spread is like everyone in their like homemade costumes and, and Wolverine in his fucking blue and yellow spandex, and everyone's like, oh my god, you gotta. Look at him. Yeah. You gotta. It has to be with. It has to be more grander than that. It's like yeah. something happens and like Jubilee is now like in trouble somewhere, and she's trapped. Maybe and he and like, like who gets knows, and then he caught on fire or like dipped in a lava, <laughs> dipped in lava, in lava or something. Yeah, he fucking dons that shit to go save her. Like he's in the costume that she fucking designed for him. Yeah. It's like fuck yeah, that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. You know? But yeah, you know, I don't know. It's. It's fun. I'm all yeah, for that's like, a visual good... variation. Yeah, I think like ha- I just need that in-story sort of explanation for it, you know. Yeah, and I think like real. the idea that it's like, hey, look, this is what we wear when we go out, and if you don't want to wear that, then like here, like let's like let's take it. This is it's all modular, you know. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's a suit, but it's like well, this can change, that can change, we can switch that. But if you look at all of them together, you're you're looking at them and you're going. Huh, actually at the base level, these are all the same suit, but there there's stuff added on to them yeah, to like I'm, separate them out. Yeah, and I, I imagine they'd all be like custom to whoever's powers has it, you know. Right. And uh you and know different if you have like a, sensitivities and stuff. Exactly. You, you know, know, you'll some of it will just be like a belt or something mm-hmm. and like others might be like a belt that holds a costume and maybe some like water or like a spark if you're pyro or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I'm into it. Yeah. Let's write our X Men's, our X Men bootleg. Let's do it. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Next down the line. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you think? You want to uh, throw it a commercial? Got anything else? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm good. Official right. release date of the Bat Book, I guess, is going to be August first. So August first. Check out the website. Yes, mark your calendars. Yeah. Alright. Cool. Um so yeah, uh let's throw to commercial. And then when we come back, we're gonna talk about how creepy Jake Gyllenhaal is. <laughs> so stay tuned. Mr. Alves, what the fuck are we talking about? 
We're talking about one of my personal favorite X-Men, um, Nightcrawler. Uh, yes. Nightcrawler starring Alan Cumming uh, <laughs> from the executive producers of Logan. Uh, no. Jake Gyllenhaal wouldn't make a bad Nightcrawler, I guess. Yeah, actually, he has, like, the right facial structure, huh? Especially in this movie. Yeah. He's got the very gaunt. Yeah. Even, like, Big young, eyes. young Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, once upon a time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now we're... I'm just kidding. We're talking about the... Thriller? Well, I don't know how you categorize yeah. this movie. Uh, Nightcrawler starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Yes. Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Um, Gyllenhaal. Um, <laughs> forever going to pronounce it that way. Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, so <laughs> his sister. Uh, oh shit! I forgot what Kayla's boyfriend called her. Oh no! Don't don't you do <laughs> yeah, it! No no no! no, no don't do it on air. <laughs> <laughs> his sister Maggie, my Maggie. secretary. Right. See, right. the joke Maggie. from the off-topic finally has a punchline. <laughs> Uh, there we go. Um, uh, <laughs> see? It all comes back around. I figured you actually had a secretary. I was like, God damn, this, this dude. I mean, she will be mine. Pepsi uh, is just setting you up, man. <laughs> dude, WT Fod is setting me up. <laughs> Let me tell you, the fucking podcast money. I'm rolling in it, man. I mean, have you seen this chair? Are you kidding me? Yeah, the chair looks um, great, but the cave that you seem to be in with all the candlelight, I uh, I don't know about. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a good place to hide the bodies. So that's why I spend my time down here. Nice. Much better. Um, so yeah, Nightcrawler. Uh, 2014? 2014? Is that right? I Nightcrawler? No idea. Um, yeah, it's uh, directed by Dan Gilroy. And, uh, this is, is this the first time you've watched it? No, this is the second time I watched it. Okay. Uh, what did uh, you think of Nightcrawler? Um, I liked it. It, like, it escalated well, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like a good kind of, you know, you're not necessarily rooting for the main guy, but, like... Oh, no. Yeah. You're, you keep waiting for, like, someone to fucking, like, hit him or something. And something, it just, like, yeah. doesn't happen. And he keeps kind of, like, Tarzaning his way, like, into, like, higher and higher, like, stakes and things. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was it was a movie I was not expecting to enjoy at all. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I fucking love Bill... Bill Paxson? Bill Patton? Yeah, Paxton, yeah. Paxton. Uh, yeah. And, uh... The dude from The Crow, who's the fucking, like, shitty chief. Uh, yeah. Telling him he's not... He doesn't... He's not gonna hire a thief. Uh, but yeah, it's good, you know? Like, it, it did all the stuff that I thought it was going to do in the movie in the first 30 minutes. Right, like, yeah. you know, 45 minutes-ish. And I was just yeah. like, alright. Like... This is all I thought this movie was going to be, but we're still, like, not even approaching a real climax yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, yeah. Always nice to see a car chase and some gun violence in American cinema. 
<laughs> yeah, we we like to try to keep it in American cinema, guys, if you could. So just like, let's uh, everybody relax in real life. You're not in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I did, I did recall Jake Gyllenhaal on the bike correctly. He's, he's on the bike selling, selling yes. the bike that he just stole. Um, yeah, I forgot about that scene. Like yeah. the whole montage of him stealing <laughs> in the first like 15 minutes, uh, and just like, you know, jacking people up and stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, he is, uh, spooky. Like real odd in this one. He's like how I imagine everyone at Hollywood being, like, <laughs> just like emaciated, wide-eyed, just like looking to <clears throat> manipulate you into something for their benefit at like every turn, and like no matter like what you like say to try to like tell them to fuck off, like without physically like separating yourself from them completely, like. Yeah, that's just not gonna happen. Like I he has a weird like gluiness to him. So it's really odd. Like once the character is kind of in his orbit, it just feels like they can't actually get away. Well, yeah, he's he's uh, <clears throat> yeah, he's super manipulative, super controlling, uh, like uh, yeah, he's just super fucked up. You know, yeah. between the shit that he does to the uh the news station lady and oh yeah you know the fucking ending with uh rick it's just like <laughs> yeah this dude sucks like fuck this dude oh. yeah i mean he doesn't he doesn't die or anything at the end either does he no he he wins yeah. He wins. He gets to start video production news. He has the two vans. He has multiple employees. That's right. Um, That's right. And I mean, honestly, like, even the news station lady, um, Nina, um, even she seems like whatever happened between them in the past feels very much like it's in the past, and it feels like she is, like, in awe of Will. Uh, uh, of, uh, sorry, uh, of Lou. I don't know why I said Will. Um, but, like, <clears throat> he... You know, when he brings her, like, that last bit of footage, you know, and the way that she talks to him about it and everything, it's, like, starry-eyed and, like, you know, completely amazed. It's like, Lou actually wins. He gets everything that he wants uh, in the context of this movie, and it's... Uh, kind of sobering and you know looking at this and you know we're, we're kind of talking about the yellow light trilogy and it's interesting to look at this in context to drive because it feels like this is <clears throat> like watching this back to back feels almost like watching unbreakable and split where it's like oh we've introduced our hero and here's our villain you know and it, it feels like Drive almost has a vibe where it's a lot of, like, daytime stuff, um, far less nighttime stuff. And this one has mostly nighttime stuff and far less daylight stuff. So it feels like they're almost like two sides of the same coin, two people driving around the streets of Los Angeles, you know, and destined to eventually 
encounter each other, you know? Like, it's just mm. a matter of time. Cool. Um, it's, uh, it's, that's why I like the idea of the Yellow Light trilogy, because it's like, oh, well, here are the pieces. Like, <clears throat> there's a character that's a loner, right? Uh, has an iconic car, uh, drives around the streets of Los Angeles in particular, you know? It's like so you're starting to like define the parameters of what makes uh, a yellow a yellow light trilogy movie a yellow light trilogy movie, you know, and some of those parameters I think like when we watch Collateral, I'm gonna plead my case as to why I, I kind of would exclude it from the list, um, because Collateral has things that are similar. Certainly, it shares a location in Los Angeles, but it has, um, <clears throat> it, it doesn't have, uh, I don't think it has a real loner type character. Um, and I think that Collateral is actually like a story with two leads, um, whereas these are very much singular ventures, you know, it's, it's really like, here's your protagonist you know yeah <laughs> for better or worse lou bloom is um just one of those characters that like sticks in my mind something about his eyes are just so sunken in and wide and dark and like jake Hall's done some great stuff uh as an actor but it, this one is one that stands out significantly I know he said that he was trying desperately to look like a coyote. That was what his what his take on Lou Bloom was. And you look at him and it's like, yeah, yeah, now that you say it, yeah. <laughs> you look like a fucking coyote in every shot of this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, uh, yeah, he plays a great, uh, like, bad guy. Uh, and I'm starting to, like, trip on him. In the context of like uh, a shared universe and him being like the the media mogul or whatever, wow, mm. you know, Gosling's I don't know the equivalent of like for nerdy nerd's sake, uh, Batman in his like first four months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's a it's a. You can feel the stylistic kind of like it, it does feel like part of a whole. <laughs> That's what the, like the Yellow Light trilogy is really interesting to me because it like it, it it's so easy to imagine that this is a follow up to Drive, you know, just just from a different angle, you know, with a different lead character. Yeah, it's so easy to imagine that these things take place in the same. In the same universe, the same version of Los Angeles. The only thing that breaks the illusion for me, and, and one of the things that annoys me so much, is that this movie needed that synthy eighties uh, yeah, music for sure. And it's like I I like James Newton Howard, but I don't know what he was doing with this. Like it, it's weird. Like I think he was like sort of recalling like American rock music, which I guess makes sense in terms of like what this movie is ultimately about but yes, I, I don't really like it at all I can't you know? recall it at all and I've seen this movie twice and I watched it 
yesterday. Yeah. It's like a lot of like guitar straining string sounds, you know? And it just sort of is like <clears throat> I mean it's it's it just doesn't fit. The vibe isn't there, you know? It's a little bit too traditional. And, I mean, it's James Newton Howard, so of course it's going to be traditional. This guy's been doing movie scores forever, you know? So, it's kind of expected. If I was going to put, like, the Yellow Light trilogy in a box set, and I don't want to be... Because I like James Newton Howard a lot, but I don't want, and I don't want to offend. But if I was going to put the, these movies all together in a trilogy box set... I would fucking rescore this movie in a heartbeat, like 100% to make it better fit, you know, the other two. Um, <clears throat> but it is what it is. It doesn't distract me too much. It's mostly in the opening and the ending that it really bothers me because it's just like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, it's just a missed opportunity. Yeah, it's that's like, right, yeah. yeah. And, like, when it ends, you know, and it kind of, like, does the same kind of musical outro as the intro, and it's, like, watching him drive away with, like, the, watching him getting into one of the vans and that one driving this way and that one driving that way, and you get the sense that, like, oh, like, there he is. Like, he won, he, won, he got what he wanted, he's, you know, a success, uh, and it's... I just feel like it could be punctuated better than long, straining guitar string sounds. I don't know. It doesn't... didn't work for me. That's, like, one real yeah. real bad element to this. Yeah, because it, it, like... I don't know. I feel like it obscures the villainy a little bit. Yeah. And it's, yeah. like... You know, you're watching him do all these, like, bad things, but it never... Well, I mean... I guess that's kind of the the sell is to like never tell you that he's the bad guy outright or whatever. But yeah, some mm. like dark synth would be fucking great. Just as like an accent or like a better yeah. accent. Yeah, I think it's like uh, like his sort of um, his sort of journey into becoming this nightcrawler you know kind of character and like watching him <clears throat> descend into that world um you know you think of like a like a nighttime LA and you think of like a world of like neon you know and neon and darkness and you know kind of maybe like a nighttime rain you know down on the streets and like just you, you think about all those things and it just doesn't have like classic american rock to it you yeah. know it feels much more um techno-y you know and then even like the crimes and stuff that he's going to be encountering i i don't think of classic American when I think of crimes. I, I think of industrial music when I think of crime, you know? Like, you know, I talk about the opening to Seven with Nine Inch Nails, 
playing over it, and it's like, yeah, like something more like towards that, or something where you start with something that's like maybe a little bit less abrasive, but like as time goes on, you start to feel those heavier things coming into it. As you see Lou, <clears throat> it's interesting because like in falling, he rises. You know, it's a it's an odd story because it's like he's becoming more and more brazen and doing more and more terrible things and gaining more and more clout for it, you know? Yeah. And it's a odd kind of trajectory and a kind of condemnation of... Like, I noticed it a lot this time when I was watching it. I was much more sensitive to how Dan Gilroy is kind of portraying the news, you know? <laughs> it's like the news is just like... Uh, essentially for white people, you know, and, like, to the exclusion of everybody else, and, like, it's all throughout this movie, and it's, um, very unnerving how, like, sociopathic that is, and, like, that's what's interesting about Lou Bloom as a character, is it's like, yeah, like, you found your spot, like, this is exactly where a person like you can thrive, is in this, like, cutthroat, you know, evil fucking news organization. You know, it's like... <clears throat> it's it's interesting to see it play out, you know, and... You know, and then I, you watch the news and you kind of try to, like... <laughs> it does make you wonder <laughs> about, like, the way that the news is presented. Or, like, know. the people putting it together. Yeah, and, like, what they're after, you know? Like, I don't think, like... Maybe it was more common, the Nightcrawler stuff. But I don't feel like I see a lot of that on news. Like, on on the news around here. A lot of, like, oh my god, like, on the scene of the accident. You know, normally it's like, oh yeah, we're on the scene of where the accident happened. You know? Not, like, there. But, I mean, I, I know that that's a thing. Like, this is a true job occupation, you know, uh, job occupation, fuck me, this is a true occupation, Jesus Christ, moron, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel like you see that too often on the news, right Yeah, now. I mean, not anymore, I feel like we've at least become a little sensitive to it after, I don't know, watching Vietnam, on TV, and then watching, you know, the Rodney King shit on TV, and then, you know, I mean, now it's just on our cell phones, and, like... Was that a Nightcrawler? The Rodney King thing? How did they get that footage? Um, I think it was, like, a neighbor, or, like, somebody, like, in a neighborhood, like... Cause yeah, it, somebody it's, had it. It's from super far away, um, Yeah, I think, if I'm rem- remembering it correctly. Um, yeah, I feel like it was, like, zoomed quite a bit. Yeah, because it was very, it was pretty shaky all over the place. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, it's I guess the industry is kind of burst because the the TV industry is kind of gone. You know, like news. That's true. Yeah, the whole shape of news and the way people get their news is like totally different now. And you know, I guess boomers still get news via TV and, like, Fox and <laughs> CNN or whatever, but, like, 
you know, for the most part, kids are on... Trusted news sources. Yeah, fucking Twitter or fucking Instagram or whatever, just, like, watching the horrors of the world, or, or TikTok even, watching the horrors of the world, like, unfold, you know, before their very eyes. Yeah. Before yeah. Our, our very eyes. Yeah, I don't... I used to watch... I would watch two different versions of the news, so... Usually, like, lefty news and righty news, you know, so that I could get some type of idea of what the middle of those stories would be. Um, and now I pretty much just watch uh, Breaking Points is my my news source. I like I like them. Um, I'm not really on TikTok that much. Me neither, but um, my buddy Jeff and my other roommate is, are both on it, and... Um... <coughs> Just, like, during the whole, like, Ukraine thing, like, you're getting, um, kind of, like, peaks via people sharing TikToks of, like, what's actively, like, happening on the ground over there, and, like, TikTok is kind of just the new, um, Tumblr, you know? Like, everything's yeah. super fast, everything's kind of, like, not really, uh, there haven't been too many restrictions or anything yet. I mean, I'm sure there have been, mm -hmm. I mean, in the last couple of years, but, um... There was a time there where it kind of felt like old internet for a second, but yeah, yeah. not quite as dark, maybe. No. But I'm sure there's some weird shit on there. So in our current environment, like, maybe that's the saving grace of Nightcrawler, is that in our current environment, Lou Bloom's video production news probably went down the toilet. Exactly. <laughs> you know, fuck yeah, this that guy. Yeah, that just turned into, uh, you know, a CEO for, like, Fox News or something like that, and they just, like... Folded him into the, you know. Could you imagine the right news, you know. Yeah, dude. Yep, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want him to win, man. I really don't. I don't like him. God, but he would. he's a. Uh, he's just such a fucking scary dude. I got a kick out of his uh, his bit when he's at his apartment, and he's watching those knights uh, like spar on horseback or whatever. And it looks like the guy gets his head taken off, and then they have that shot of like the dude's head coming out from the from the chest armor, and like Lou kind of like laughs and turns to like an imaginary person in his room, like seeing their reaction or something, and then he like starts cracking up, and it's like what what is with this guy? Like he's so odd, he's so different. Yeah. yeah. All these little like ticks and stuff that he puts into that performance are just it's it's so fucking good. Yeah, he does. He does do a really good job. Uh, just playing like a kind of flatly uh, terrible person, you know, who's just gonna like look you like dead in the face and just fucking tell you he wants you to do the fucking worst shit, and you know, and you should because X, Y, and Z or something, you know. He has all these like insane, like platitudes and stuff. These, like, rehearsed lines. Yeah. Things that he's, like, read, like, secrets of success or something. Exactly. It, like, the whole shit with, like, Rick and being like, oh, maybe I have a higher opinion of you than you do of, of yourself. And it's <laughs> yeah, just, it's like, just like... Meanwhile, yeah. he's, like, trying to get a raise, and it's like... Oh, yep. you are... Like, who is running the fucking country right now? Like... Yeah, dude. Ugh. It's amazing to watch his, like, lie, you know, the way that it's structured. 
It's like it is not uncommon for me to offer full time positions to my interns, you know. And it's like, you're if you get if he takes you, you're his first intern. So <laughs> yeah. like this guy's full of shit, you know. He, well, he's I mean, so or or is he? You know, because if he takes him as the intern, that's what he's getting or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like a he. He's so good at playing this like really slimy character. And it's fun because, like, when I think about Jake Gyllenhaal, I generally think of him in, like, a favorable light. I think of him kind of, like, as a usually a protagonist that is, like, somewhat heroic, somewhat noble, you know? And I always get a kick out of seeing him stretch into these more villainous parts. Because I even when he played Mysterio, like, he was such a great pick for that because you expect him to be a good guy, you know? <laughs> and, like, me as a comic book fan, I go into Spider-Man No Way Home, and I'm like, yeah, I know that this guy's full of shit. I'm just trying to figure out when it's going to happen, you know? And, like, watching him turn into the Mysterio from the comics and, like, be, you know, the bad guy uh, was super cool. It was such a fun trick because he's so... He's, like, effortlessly likable. You know, and you like seeing him turn like that in Spider-Man was great. This one, he doesn't even approach trying to be likable at all. He's probably the least likable of anything I've seen him in in this movie. It's, yeah. a, it's a real transformation. He lost a ton of weight for this part too. Like, I don't know. I wish I could say more about everybody else too, but he kind of like steals the show. Like, Bill Paxton does his part. Yeah, no, well, I mean, everyone else is like good support, um, and I mean, kind of does a good job getting caught in his wake, you know. And I think that sort of like sells it a little yeah. more. Um, I don't know subconsciously, but yeah, I mean, I everyone like, else uh, is good too. Yeah, I like Renee Russo as Nina. I think that she like <clears throat> she does a. She does a good job of, like, having a weird sort of curiosity about him. Yeah. And then has does a good job of being repulsed by him. And then does a good job of being, like, coerced by him, you know? Yeah. She's playing with a lot of delicate emotions, uh, especially when he shows up with, like, crappy footage during Sweeps Week, you know? Yeah. And... She's like she has. It's a normal conversation, but it's when she gets to like, I want, I want what you fucking promised me. She has like this outburst moment where she like screams that, and it's like that's a lot of stuff that she's packing into that line because it's like she's compromised herself in, you know, I mean, Lou basically is like threatening to go to another news organization if she doesn't sleep with him. You know, like, terrible coercive behavior. And the fact that he's there means that she must have. So it's like, she's already been basically sexually coerced into this. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot wrapped up in just that moment um, that she plays really well. And, like, that whole kind of, like, subplot, I think they did a really good job of, like, not, like, it's, it's, 
obviously there and it's obviously a part of the story but they treated it in a way that it's not <clears throat> like exploitative it's like happening off camera you know and you're understanding how depraved and sick this guy is when he's when he gives her that list of demands and it's like punctuated with like and I want you to do what I tell you when we're alone together at your apartment, not like the last time. And it's like, whoa, holy fuck, what the hell? Like that, it the, the fucking levels of realization that you have with Lou. It's like a, it's a slow burn. You understand that he's strange, you know. But it's like as the story progresses, it's just like you're finding out more and more about what he's capable of up until uh, up until like murder you know I mean not that he kills uh, Rick but like he certainly allows him to die you know <laughs> yeah. doesn't attempt to help him at all you know um, fucking gives it's... him a fucking belittling speech <laughs> as he's dying <laughs> beneath he's dying. him after yeah. he's done filming him it's just like Dude. And, like, that speech is almost like he did what he was, like, Rick kind of did what he was told, you know? Like, it felt like Lou earlier on in the movie chastised him for, like, you're asking me for a raise and you don't have any leverage, you know? Like, that's a stupid thing to do. That's a silly position to hold. Da 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 da. And, like, gave him a bunch of shit for it. And then, like, when Rick does have that leverage, like, that turns into a problem that's worthy of getting him killed. And he's like, you know, you used, you know, you, you leveraged your power against me. How could I know that you, how, how, how do I know that you're not going to do that to me again? You know, and all this stuff while he's fucking dying. And you're like, wow, like, this guy, it's, it's whatever suits Blue Bloom at a moment, you know, at, at a single time is, is what's right. You know, yeah, and it's hard to. Uh, I don't know. He's a, he's a different kind of character in in a different type of story, because you would you would expect him to get punished, you know. But what what's interesting about this movie is like Dan Gilroy is kind of like suggesting that success in our society is essentially uh you know the, the this is the pathway to it is it's like you exploit manipulate and you know decimate your competition you know if you want to win you got to be cutthroat if you want to win you got to <clears throat> set up the other news guys, you know, and, like, you know, fuck them over, you know, filming Bill Paxton while he's, like, bleeding on the gurney and everything with, like, zero emotion to his face, doesn't care at all what happens to him. It's, like, it's, uh, it's almost like a, a little bit like American Psycho, um, you know, it's, like, to be on top, you know, this is what you have to do, and it's, like, if you're a reasonable person, you would say, fuck being on top, I don't care, you know? But there are monsters out there. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, uh, you know, plainclothes horror movie. Yeah. I mean, like, when he's filming Bill Paxton on that gurney, there's, like, his face. Like, if you don't see, like, a Michael Myers, Norman Bates, <laughs> you know, yeah. face in that, you know. Very, very scary. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think it's funny, <clears throat> you know, you've been on a uh, very un-American anti-capitalist kick lately i don't know what's gotten into you uh but it's yeah i feel like 15 years man i don't know (laughs) i feel like this movie is uh on the same page as you yeah where it's like no yeah no fuck this this is not good this is not good (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like uh you know a fellow anarchist is uh made a movie for you <laughs> yeah right yeah now let this guy let this guy do Captain America <laughs> that would be good I mean you know kind of talking about Captain America it's like the fact that they did the Winter Soldier the fact that that was allowed to happen is like amazing like <laughs> you know like they're basically like yeah like there are Nazis in you know S.H.I.E.L.D. the equivalent of your CIA in the Marvel Universe or something. And it's like... Well, the, punk uh, rock. The, the, <laughs> the irony there is, like, the FBA person that, you know, clears all these movies was probably like, yeah, you know, it's not, that all tracks, you know. <laughs> because true, there are probably literal Nazis in, in all of our shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, we brought them over here. Exactly. Operation Paperclip. Exactly. You know. We wanted to get to the to the moon, or whatever the hell we were doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a, a sordid history, but it definitely feels like this movie is a condemnation of a lot of these things that you know kind of are simmering in our culture. You know. Yeah. I just think it's amazing, like watching him. Like, at first, it's, like, finding the news. And then it's, like, the transition from that to, like, making the news. You know? And he, like, calls in that tip. You know? He, like, withholds information. And then he calls in the tip so that he can film a fucking gunfight and police chase. And you're like, holy fucking Christ, dude. Like, it is absolutely fucking wild. And that sequence, the way that it plays out, is... It's so fast. Like... It just it, that that scene when the cops go into that fast food chain. What yeah, was it a fast food chain or a donut thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, God, it just it escalates so quickly, you know. Yeah, they like. I don't know. They build that moment really, really well, and. Uh, I don't know, the, the kind of, like, arm's length viewing of all of the violence. The kind of, like, safe distance from it. Uh, yeah. Really kind of amplifies the the chaos that he's kind of, like, shaken up in his little sl- snow globe that he perceives, like, the world as, you know? Yeah. 
even like even like the earlier moments of him crossing the line like i think the the one that gets me is when he's like going into the house of that couple that uh the bullets like got fired through their window and stuff and he's like in their fucking kitchen while they're outside talking to the police about what happened it's like just the fucking nerve and like it's probably one of the things about this movie that I find a little bit um maybe almost distracting because like I have a hard time believing that a news network would be like oh yeah that's fine (laughs) you know what I mean like it just it feels like that's a type of thing that you wouldn't want to sign off on yeah Uh, you'd hope you know yeah I mean, I think, like, maybe this is, like, a slightly more stylized world, you know, where it's, like, the rules are maybe a little bit less defined, you know, um, but I, I just, I couldn't imagine that being something that would happen yeah. in our, in our reality, but, I mean, then again, <laughs> you know what I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening in our reality that is hard to imagine, so... Yep. Every fucking day. Dude. It's jungle out there, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... I... I think I... I think when I think about this movie, I have less of a like a passionate response to it than I do drive for sure. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't like this movie nearly as much as I like drive. Yeah. Like this is a good movie and I liked it more than I thought it, thought I would, but um you know, I'll, I'll probably never watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I it's, kind of like yeah, not my bag. I want to I I want to have more uh to say about it but I don't uh, I don't really <laughs> you know what I mean like it's a pretty straightforward narrative yeah. and as far as like any type of deeper meaning it, it pretty much starts and ends with the idea of like hey you want to be a success you know this is this is what you're after like this is what you're going to have to do to get there you know, and that's very compelling. It's interesting. It's uh, kind of a f- kind of an interesting way to frame uh, sort of that that problem in our society. You know, yeah. and it's a it's almost uh, has like hints of what Todd Phillips did with Joker, where it's like here's this guy that like doesn't fit. You know, and like to fit he's going to have to do some pretty bad things you know and like I think that that's probably like the most interesting stuff that's actually in this except maybe that in relation to the news itself where it's like he's actively being rewarded and paid good money for doing worse and worse shit you know I guess like every time he steps up his game and commits to doing something more horrible it seems like he gets praised for it you know 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's probably the more the most simple of uh, of the movies that we're going to talk about. And then the second most simple is probably Collateral, which we'll talk about next week. Um, and then the second most interesting is Maniac, which is my my pick for what actually should be in that third spot in place of Collateral. Um, Maniac I cannot wait to talk about because there's a interesting filming technique that might feel gimmicky but the more you think about it the more you're like actually yeah that that's how this has to be told because it's fucking perfect perfecto yeah um i've not i've not seen maniac so it's a trip it's it's a very stomach turny kind of yeah uh, no, i remember starting it and just being like yeah this sucks. Like I'm just not gonna. Oh not gonna no! Watch this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um. I think like you'll see why it fits, and hopefully, uh, why I like one of the things that they do. Um. It feels like a gimmick, and it feels very exploitative. But in terms of storytelling and in, in terms of character, it's actually kind of brilliant. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> it's a it's it's a it's it's a frustrating movie to like champion because it's a lot of like really bad shit in there. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Just it's like, an ugly movie. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't anything like else. Yeah, you know, for me to like link into like it gets there, funny or something. But yeah, I'll give it a shot now that it's on the podcast. You know, um, but collateral will definitely be a fucking slog. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it since I was a teenager, but I remember watching <laughs> it and just being like, oh, "What a snooze." It's Michael Mann. How could you? Man, it's Michael Mann having been punished for making uh, The Keep. <laughs> All this stuff is just him getting like... Like, you better do a fucking crime thing, Michael Mann. If we see another weird demon Nazi yeah. thing, what the fuck is that? You yeah. better make some more Miami Vice. All right, stay in your lane, dude. That that Miami Vice movie was was kind of weird. Yeah, I like that one. Did you ever watch that? I like half watched it while I was growing years ago, but I don't remember anything from it. It's just like Colin Farrell and Jamie Fox, you know. And you're I, like, eh. I keep imagining it, and then like Bad Boys Two comes up instead. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is better. Yeah, I'll go there. Yeah, before I'll do this. Yeah, it's just like it has like that slow plotting nature of something like Heat, yeah. but with much less story to tell. You know, yeah, I like Heat had this cops and there. robbers thing going on, and like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino were like electrifying as those characters, 
and like Al Pacino being like a coke habit cop and Robert De Niro being like this stone cold bank robber it's like good shit you know yeah. like they paired well together and I don't know there was actual shit in that movie and Miami Vice keeps that pace but I the, the characters are like not characters <laughs> it's like really weird to watch it's just like Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell wearing sunglasses and that's like the extent of who they are and it's like I don't I don't feel anything about these people yeah I remember a bunch of like blue tinted pans like around them in the wind yeah and that's about it yeah and you're like I don't know what this is it like took the whole concept of you know ironically like took the whole concept of Miami Vice that you know Michael Mann helped kind of shape and it felt like it just kind of like just like bled it of any type of life you know yeah, any movement even exactly i think of miami vice i think of like cigarette boat chases you know big car chases and stuff oh, yeah. like when i think about the television show big dumb jackets yeah it's much more vibrant you know when i think about the movie it's what you said and like a couple of like gunfights but not very dynamic gunfights sort of them standing yeah you know i don't know yeah man i don't know ever ever since revisiting the keep and like putting the rest of his stuff in like context just like dude this guy has just like not let himself make a weird thing since it's weird yeah it's weird because it's it's that's one of his earliest ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, when you watch Manhunter... Uh, yeah, I still gotta see that, actually. Yeah, but, like, when you watch that, it's like it kind of carries a little bit of that strangeness with it. Cool. But then after that, it's a, a very serious affair. Everything gets... You know? I mean, the most, like, stylistically interesting thing that he's done in a while is probably public enemies and that's just because it's a period piece it's like set in the 20s and 30s so you get you know like at least something visually different even though it's the exact same genre you know yeah that was another perfectly forgettable movie yeah i do love the image of like the tommy guns you know i'm a sucker for tommy gun stuff there's like a shot of one of them like over the roof of a car with the Tommy gun uh, like resting on the top of the car and then like firing and it's like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for that shit I really am oh, yeah. and uh, Stephen Graham's in it as uh, Babyface Nelson he's always been my pick for uh, he's always been one of my picks for a penguin so seeing him run around with a Tommy gun is uh, exciting to me on, on, on other oh, yeah. levels Oh yeah, um, but anyways, uh, I think I don't. I just don't have that much to say about Nightcrawler. It's a good movie. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Go, Jake Hall gives it. a great performance. Yeah, see it before it leaves theaters. <laughs> um, and <laughs> we're getting these things at the at the height of their popularity. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, no, come back uh, next week. Oh, listen to Ryan get mad at Collateral, which will be fun. 
I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it'll be a uh, hopefully a more lively episode. Yeah, today was chill. Yeah. Not bad. No. Not bad. Gotta have, gotta have down days so you can have up days, you know? That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye. Peace. And stop it. Hey, people. I just want to let you all know I'm very excited about RonBeek3.com. So that's RonBeek, B-E-E-K-I-I-I.com. Um, you know, I took some time to revamp the website. There's a lot of interesting things. It's like a central hub. There's a page about WT Fada. There's a page about comics. It's all sorts of stuff. So go check it out and tell me that I sent you. Uh, mm. Huh.